week, I was interviewing Michael Bagrams, who's a labor lawyer, just regarding retrenchments. I was working on an article about it, and um, I happened to record the conversation because, you know, for my own benefit, probably I can go back and, and review the notes. And at the end of the recording, I thought, wow, this was actually so interesting. Um, I'm going to share it with all of you and turn it into a podcast. This really was a discussion around uh, how to negotiate your retrenchment. Uh, Michael was saying that uh, when it comes to voluntary retrenchment, you can actually, you've kind of got your employer, not on a hook, but you can go to your employer and and ask for additional benefits. Uh, he had an example of a woman who was pregnant and she said, I'll take the voluntary retrenchment package, but I want to stay on the company's medical scheme for another year. So if you are looking at, if your company's in the process of doing voluntary retrenchments and you want to know your rights, you want to know what you should be asking, uh, what perhaps you're losing by taking it, listen on. Okay, well, in law, there's no such thing as voluntary at all. It doesn't exist. What it is, is a practice that has arisen between employers and trade unions and obviously staff, and that is when they decide we're going to have to save a certain amount of money as part of our payroll, and we've got a certain amount of positions that actually are redundant, we need to, for instance, if you've got typists, we need 10 typists instead of 20. 10 need to go, and we've got to put together a protocol as to who goes. So often they use LIFO or whatever. But before they implement the protocol, they then say, we are opening it up for people who want to voluntarily take the actual retrenchment. So the retrenchment itself is not voluntary. It's people who are volunteering to actually take up the retrenchment, uh, which is exactly the same thing as a redundancy. So you get 10 other people come forward and say, well, I know I've been here longer and you're normally going to use LIFO, but actually I'm quite tired and I'm getting close to retirement. I'd rather get the package. Um, what employers often do and what I do all the time as an employer um, representative, I then go and I say, for those that are willing to take the package, I'm going to enhance the package. In other words, I'll, instead of paying you one week per year of service, which the Basic Condition Employment Act says, I'm now going to pay you two weeks per year of service if you come forward. Um, and then you find people coming forward and you can add all sorts of um, uh, enhancements to the package. In other words, instead of giving you one month's notice, I'll pay you three months' notice. Instead of giving you the one week, I'll pay you two. Um, what I'll also do is I'll pay into your medical aid for the next four months uh, because uh, you tell me you're pregnant or, or anything like that. So what I've been doing, and now, I've, in fact, on a regular, almost hourly basis, is that instead of having fights and going to courts and CCMA and labor courts, etc., we are enhancing the package to entice people to take it and to leave. And then, of course, as you know, you've got that um, benefit with income tax. So the first 500,000 rand um, is, is tax-free if, you, if your income tax is in order. It's also once-in-a-lifetime payment. So again, what we do is we then say, look, you would normally, in terms of your contract of employment, get three months. Notice. Your contract of employment says three-month notice. We don't want to pay you three months' notice because we'd like you to go now. 
But what we can do is we can enhance your severance package by two months. And that two months is part of your severance package. You then get a tax-free, which then adds to the 500000 where you get as close as possible to that 500000 which then makes it a lot more enticing to take. So there's lots of give and take with that. Now, you've got to be very careful that you don't cheat the receiver revenue, obviously, and so you have to do it legally. But I've just been through one last week where they said, look, we've got a six-month notice period in your contract as a senior executive. Uh, we don't actually need you from now. Can we negotiate a departure package as part of your severance package? And what we've done is we've done away with the notice pay, so you can leave immediately, and then he gets no notice pay. But what we have done is we've enhanced all sorts of other benefits in terms of his severance package, which then is then tax deductible um, in terms of that, uh, I think it's Section 101X of the of the Income Tax Act. And so the reality is there are many ways of skinning this cat. We've just had one now, as I said to you, with a lady that's pregnant. Um, she wanted to take the voluntary, but wanted to negotiate that she remains on the medical aid at the company's expense for a year, uh, which then we, we went and did the calculation. It was actually worth our while uh, to say, yes, we'll give you a severance package at one week pay per year of service, and we will pay your full 100% of the medical aid for one year, which then would avoid us going to court and having a fight and we don't have the legal costs and that sort of thing. She wants that because she's having a difficult pregnancy and needs the cover of the medical aid during this period and beyond. And we did that deal. And there are lots, I mean, I can name literally dozens of deals that I've done with people. Um, often people ask for their equipment, their computers, their cell phones, that sort of stuff. Now, if you're cutting down on the staff, you're not going to need, uh, if you've got 20 executives and you've got 20 cell phones, 20 computers, you're not going to need all that when you're now cutting down to three. And so it becomes a benefit to the individuals to say, listen, we'll also add in your cell phone, your computer, your office equipment, whatever you want, and we'll write it down as a price. In other words, let's just call it, and you write it down completely. We've, in the books, it's worth nothing because you've had it for three years already. So we'll give it to you for a 1,000 Rand. Uh, and you can have your computer, your cell phone, your office desk, uh, your cupboards, whatever you want out of your office because we're now thinning down the offices during the COVID period. We discovered in one particular company, we actually don't need anyone at the office. They must all stay at home. Um, and so those that we retrenched, we've given them whatever they've wanted. Uh, from their offices so they can set up their own home office. And then we've cut, we, because it's worthless in terms of the books of the count, we've written it down to null. We can say, let's put a price of a thousand rand onto it. Uh, again, it's, it's a big benefit for the individuals who are part of the negotiation. So yesterday we signed an agreement with the fellow took his entire office, all his textbooks, all his computer equipment, his, his, um, uh, desktop, laptop, cell phone. Um, he even wanted a shredder. Uh, he wanted everything that was in the office. And we said, okay, let's put a price of a thousand rand on all this because we don't have a value for it anymore. We're not going to use it and we're going to have to dump it anyway. So it will go off to an auctioneer. 
But to an individual who's getting his desktop, laptop, and cell phone, that's of enormous value. Uh, and to the company, no value. So what I was trying to tell you last time is there are ways and means that people can actually negotiate benefits. Another thing that people negotiate, uh, which is also important, is you say, all right, I'll accept a, a retrenchment, um, and it's not voluntary, but I'll accept the retrenchment, but I want you to sign a back-to-back -back agreement with me that you will use me as a consultant for a period of two years at a certain price. Um, and many companies are willing to do that because they still need the work done, but they need to cut down on their numbers. And so we've done a lot of those agreements, back-to-back -back consultancy agreements, where they, they unleash the value. In other words, they get their severance payment, they can cash in their provident or pension fund. All that is unleashed so that you can pay off all your debt, but then you've still got a consultancy agreement with the company as well. Michael, um, I want to so ask you, you know, I mean, I think this is, I mean, so useful to know this because I don't think people realize often that they can actually negotiate, um, especially if it's, it's still in the voluntary, and I use voluntary, like, you know, that yeah. you're still in the negotiation phase because I think also what people don't realize are things like um, credit life, you know, credit insurance um, can also right. then, you know, be be used because you are formally being retrenched, even though it's voluntary, as long as it was part of a, of a process. Yes. Um, but is there any, um, people often ask me this, they said, is there any risk to accepting the voluntary retrenchment package? Is there something that they should be aware of um, in terms of their rights? Are there any rights that they're giving up? Yes, they are. They're giving up all their rights. The minute you sign an agreement, uh, call it a voluntary retrenchment, but there is no such thing as voluntary, but the minute you sign an agreement, you're signing your rights to be able to challenge the retrenchment process. In other words, there are, two, there are always two sides to an argument. The one side is the process. How did they retrench me? You can challenge that normally. And the other thing is the merits. Are they truly getting rid of the right person or, did they, uh, or do they need to actually retrench? Are they getting rid of me because they don't like Michael Bagram? So there are two things that you can challenge. The minute I sign an agreement then I'm giving up those rights to challenge the process and the merits of the case. So I can't come back. There's no back coming back. The only time I can come back is if they're not giving me an enhanced package. In other words, they have to give me one week per year of service. I've been there for six completed years. They give me my month's notice in six weeks, and they give me to sign in full and final settlement. Well, you can't sign in full and final settlement anyway because that they had to pay me. So then you're not giving up a right. But the only, the only reason why you would sign a full and final settlement is if you're getting some enhanced benefit, like I've just been describing to you. And the minute you sign that enhanced benefit, you're giving up all your rights to challenge it in the future. You can't come forward and say, actually, I didn't get proper advice or I got bullied or, or something of that nature because you're getting an enhanced benefit. And unless you can actually show that someone held a gun to your head, um, then no, you can't go and challenge it. So there is a risk. Uh, people should get advice uh, before they do that and at least discuss it with consultants or lawyers or labor people or something. Um, because once you go, you go, and you know what it's like now in this environment where I believe we've got actually 50% unemployment. I believe we're sitting at 50% and 
and no one wants to actually admit it. Although the government is now at least coming forward and saying in the age group 17 to 25, it's almost 60%. Um, but the minute you take your retrenchment package, you have a risk that you might not get back into the workplace in a hurry. And so there is that risk as well, and you can't challenge it. What I am finding is something that's incredibly interesting, and, and I'm finding it a lot now, is I say to people, I am opening up for people to take the voluntary retrenchment, although you know there's no such thing as voluntary. And I say, I've got 30 people here. We have to shrink our staff down to 20. I need 10 volunteers to come forward. Otherwise, we have to force people into LIFO or whatever we're going to do. I'm now getting more than the 10 from every single company. And I'll tell you what's happening. People have got debt and they're desperate and their assets are being taken. Their homes are being attached. The cars are being removed. Uh, they can't afford food or whatever it might be because they've been taking on debt right throughout this year. And now the debt collectors are knocking at their door. And so people are desperate and they come forward and they say, what are you offering? And then they do the add up, the add up how much my leave is, how much the severance pay is, how much the pension fund is worth, how much my notice pay will be. You add all that up and that will be more than my debt. Fantastic. I'll take it. I'll find a job. Don't worry. I just want to get this debt collector off my back. And for the last four months, I have not been able to actually stop people coming forward. In other words, I say I need to get 50 people leave this company. I always get over 100 who come forward and say, me, me, me. Uh, so times are desperate. Even with me warning them, you're not going to find another job. Be careful. People are saying, no, don't worry about me. I need to get my debt off my back. Um, it's a horrific set of circumstances. Um, I, and I've just done that this morning with a company, a small company, 12 people. We wanted four to go. Every single one of the 12 said me. Let me that go. Is, that is actually so scary. And, and, Michael, what I'm finding very frightening is twofold. One is, is that people just are hoping they'll find another job. And as we know, the likelihood of that is very low. Um, and, and secondly, the cashing in of the pensions. Because, you know, if you're 40, 45 and you're cashing yeah. in your pension, you do not have time. Mm -hmm in enough time really no. to, to replace that. So I think we're going no. to see in 10, 15 years' time massive consequences um, on retirement funding. So, so I never mind scary. 10, 15. I, I think you're going to see it next year already. Yeah. Because people are actually not only cashing in their pensions, but they're spending it mm. immediately to get rid of all the debt. And then you can't find a job and then crunch. Within mm. one year, crunch. So I actually don't think uh, 20... 22 is going to be a pleasant year at all in South Africa because of this. Mm -hmm. And I must tell you, I have not had one company in the last four months where we have had to go to people and say, now we are pushing you out because of retrenchment, even though you don't want to go. Not one. All of them have come forward and said, what's the enhanced package? Um, I volunteer. And in fact, one fellow threatened to take me to court because we said, no, we have to keep, we need your skills. We have to keep you. And he said, because I'm more skilled than the others, you are discriminating against me. And an unbelievable argument. Um, eventually, I spoke to his wife, who agreed with me that he's not going to find another job. And if we retrench him, we're certainly not going to take him back. So 
she then convinced him, but he threatened to take me to court. That's how desperate people are. Uh, we had to actually come forward and help him with a loan because um, he had borrowed money from a nasty character, apparently, and that's why he was so desperate. But you know what's going on out there? Uh, you watch it all day, but those debt collectors come and break your knees, and when you have an out where the company says, I'll give you 50,000 rand, and you owe the debt collector 20, what a pleasure. You get him off your back, tell him to Van Voos, and then, okay, you'll survive for the next few months while you look for another job. Everyone's got at least a little bit of faith. They'll get something. I, I'm, I'm not happy, really not happy, because I can't stop people doing that. And, Michael, and it's, is, it's did he, I mean, had he have taken you to court, did he, did he have rights in that respect? I mean, if, no. can, can a, com so a company doesn't have to retrench you. You can't force a company to retrench you. That's, that's the point. It's not voluntary. That's the point. You can't force someone. If I need those skills, I'm not going to retrench you. And I only offer it to people who I believe are in line for the forced retrenchment. And then I offer them up front with an enhanced package. And the only reason why I give them an enhanced package because I don't want them to challenge me thereafter. So one hand washes the other. I've got 10 people that have to go. I tell them that we, of 10, we normally have at least one that will take us to the labor court. That'll cost you X. Let's, let's spread that money and make it an enhanced package so that no one will take us to the labor court. And the companies say, okay, fine, our lawyers will cost us 100,000 Rand. Let's give everyone 10,000 Rand more and let's see if they're takers and we're getting takers immediately. So, so just to sum up, Michael, if you, you know, if you face it, if your company's facing a retrenchment process, you know, put your and you want to be retrenched, it, it, it suits you. You can put your hand up, but make sure you're getting something for it because the minute you sign that that agreement, you you, no you can't back. go back on it. So make sure you're getting what you want out of it um, because it's it's absolutely. not going to be easy once you you've lost your job. Um, it's not no, going to be absolutely. It's not easy you give up. There. Well, uh, Michael, thank you. Um, uh, this has been very, very interesting for me because I think it's it's I'm getting a lot of questions from My people pleasure. around retrenchment and around, especially voluntary retrenchment and what it means. So, voluntary retrenchment is still illegal. It's still retrenchment. It still has all the legal protections, um, and specifically around things like you can still apply for your your credit insurance. You still get your um, your tax uh, benefits, uh, all of those things. What you're just getting is that enhanced. And don't and yeah, and don't forget the UIF. And UIF. You can't get for any for a voluntary a company for a resignation you can't get UIF, but for retrenchment you get your UIF. So when and there's been a little bit of confusion because sometimes the people at the unemployment insurance fund say no, this was a a resignation, and I tell all employers complete the UI19 form by filling in number eleven, which is retrenchment. Because there's no such thing as voluntary retrenchment. So the minute you put voluntary, some wise member of the staff at the UIF will say, no, let's, let's tell this person, sorry, you've resigned, we're not giving your money. So that's, that's another issue that needs to be very carefully managed between you and your employer, that you ensure that they put retrenchment number 11 um, as, the, as the package. So you can get your monies over a period of time thereafter, which goes into you calculating how much you're going to earn out of the retrenchment. Yeah.
Very important points. I think that's very useful. Just make sure if you if you're going through the process, make sure your employer fills in the the UI. It's it's UI nineteen. Is the UI nineteen. And make sure they tick number eleven. That's what you need Correct. to pick number 11. <laughs> yeah. Mm. yeah. I have that argument with many employers because they say, this person's voluntarily going, can I tick off resignation? I say, you're going to destroy them by doing that. Mm. So you must have an indication that it's a retrenchment and they can get the retrenchment package. And it's the same with the insurance. If you buy uh, a bedroom suite on, uh, on tick at uh, a shop, you normally pay an extra two rand a month or whatever as insurance, and the minute you get retrenched, then that gets paid up from that insurance that you've bought. And that's why it's so important that you've got that, that, that it is shown as that, a retrenchment. As retrenchment. And, retrenchment. and that UI-19 and that UI-19 is your proof. Hmm. Okay. Although most, most uh, retail operations want a letter from your employer saying that you have been retrenched. Although the word retrenchment doesn't exist in our law. It's oh, dismissal for operational requirements. Oh. <laughs> but you still put retrenchment because retailers know the word. Okay. So you, it's best to get a letter, actual letter from your employer. Um, Absolutely. Well. We, we have one that we give out immediately mm. um, to all the people that have been retrenched saying, we hereby confirm that you've been retrenched as of X date. Mm through no fault of your own because it's a no-fault exercise and you go to the next employer and you go for an interview and they often look at it and say, were you pushed out because you were naughty or did something wrong? The letter should say you've been retrenched on that date because of operational requirements through no fault of your own. So that's a wrap for today. Um, if our listeners would like to learn more about these or any money-related topics, they can go to the City Press website or to your website, womanandfinance.co.za, or my website, mayaonmoney.co.za. And if you have any questions or comments, you can send us a WhatsApp voice note to 064-554-3959. And we look forward to hearing from you. Because we want to know what it is that you want to know. You've been listening to the My Money, My Lifestyle podcast featuring the contributors of the City Press personal finance pages.